Welcome back to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm Sarah Rupel, and this is our list of five things that happened this week that you should know about. Hard to believe we're almost halfway through the month of February already. We've been getting a lot of small snowstorms lately here in PA. So I think a lot of us are ready for warmer temperatures. Maybe not green grass and all the pollen just yet, but ready for some of this snow to melt. Coming in at number one this week on our list, Clover Health. There has been a whirlwind of news surrounding the company after they went public thanks to Shamath Paliapatia's SPAC investment. And then the event that was the GameStop stock rally brought short sellers into the limelight. One of those short-selling firms, Hindenburg, recently reported that Clover Health is under an active DOJ investigation, something that they did not disclose to their investors. The report brought a response in the form of an official statement from Clover Health. According to Clover CEO Vivek Garapali and President Andrew Toy, these types of investigations from government entities happen frequently, and they answer a few questions in that release about the situation, including why the investigation was not disclosed. So if you've heard bits and pieces of this story, we'll be linking to a few articles that explain the situation as well as that official statement in our episode notes. And then in other Clover Health-related news, Andrew Toy, president of Clover Health, answered some questions in a Q&A this week with ROI and Jay. In the interview, there's a mention of the Hindenburg News, but mainly, Toy talked about the mission of Clover Health and talked at length about their Clover Assistant software. I found his comments on how the company sees themselves refreshing. I feel like they're very much in line with how we suggest approaching selling insurance. He said, quote, We like looking after seniors. We're less an insurance company and almost like a healthcare company looking after people with chronic diseases. Seniors have a lot of chronic disease. We try to see how we can help them, end quote. For the rest of that interview and more info on Clover Assistant, we will have the link to that article in our notes for this episode. Number two, in more IPO news, Oscar Health filed for their initial public offering on Friday. Stocks will be listed under the Oscar ticker, that's O-S-C-R, and the current size of the offering is $100 million dollars. Oscar Health has said in statements, though, that their offering is subject to market conditions, meaning that the $100 million amount is subject to change. Number three, in a study conducted by Bend Resources, they found that consumers are barely passing when it comes to their knowledge of health insurance information. The average score earned by the 2,000 consumers participating in the study, 10 out of 15. 67%, or a D, in letter grades. The study also found that consumers were more confident in their knowledge than their test scores determined. So what does that mean for insurance agents? Well, education is going to play a huge role in your presentations. And that patience is probably a virtue worth learning and practicing. Benefits Pro did a write-up on the study, and that includes an infographic with some stats that you might want to look over. 
The number one thing that confused respondents to the survey, 52% were not sure what counted towards their deductible. At number three, 47% did not know which services were out of network, something that is very important for Medicare Advantage beneficiaries. I encourage you to check out the article and consider some of the responses as you're forming and tweaking your presentations. It wouldn't be a bad idea to double-check the pain points listed there to make certain your clients really understand their coverage. Number four, over the past year since the pandemic began, there's been talk about how to show proof of a COVID-19 vaccine. What would that look like? Would it be a paper document like a passport, or could it be as simple as an app on your smartphone? Now that vaccinations are underway and many countries are still limiting travel, those digital health passports are looking more and more like a possibility, and a few companies have teamed up to try to figure out how that might happen. Right now, vaccinations are being tracked on a piece of paper, and it's pretty small. Not only that, but paper is tangible, easy to lose, and susceptible to fraud and counterfeiting. But with a digital health passport system, there could also be issues. How do you standardize that system and then make sure that the majority of transport departments worldwide will recognize it? It's a lot to ask, but there are quite a few important stakeholders working together. They're calling themselves the Good Health Pass Collaborative, and their mission is to define the requirements for a digital health credential system. They've outlined that with four primary requirements so far. Organizations involved include Airport Council International, the Commons Project Foundation, the COVID-19 Credentials Initiative, Evernim, Hyperledger, IBM, the International Chamber of Commerce, the ID2020 Alliance, Linux Foundation Public Health, Lumetic MasterCard, and the Trust Over IP Foundation, and more. We'll be linking to two articles on the Good Health Pass Collaborative in our episode notes if you'd like to learn more. Number five. On Tuesday this week, a video went viral that showed a Texas lawyer showing up to a virtual hearing on Zoom as a kitten. Not intentionally, though. Turns out a child was using the computer before he used it for his work, and that child had applied a kitten filter. So when the lawyer logged on, the kitten filter was still there. Unable to quickly turn off the filter, the man hilariously claimed, I'm here live. I'm not a cat. And to be honest, I think we can all relate with that lawyer because We've all suffered some sort of embarrassment on Zoom or Teams throughout this whole pandemic. Thankfully, after some troubleshooting and help from judges on the call, he was able to get everything straightened out. If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, well, we'll be linking to that article in our episode notes. And like I said, I can relate. My daughter used Zoom quite a bit last spring, and there was a time when I logged on for a parent-teacher conference under the name Princess Sparkle. That being said, we will be linking to an article that Zoom created in response to this very situation, removing your cat filter. We will also be linking to the Zoom help topic on customizing your profile. So check both of those out if you use Zoom regularly or if your kids use Zoom regularly. 
That way you can familiarize yourself with the settings and prevent similar mishaps. Now on to this week's bonus. Valentine's Day is this weekend, and if you have not found the perfect gift, there's no need to panic. You can still take the time to make an amazing home-cooked meal, or dessert, or both. We'll be linking to a few recipe collections in the episode notes to give you some ideas. And if you're not so good in the kitchen, you can still order takeout from a local restaurant. It is an absolute treat to not have to cook. Just make sure you offer to help clean up, though. That always goes over well with me. I haven't decided exactly what I'm cooking for Valentine's Day other than the heart-shaped pasta I picked up at Aldi, which my daughter has requested I make at least three times already, but it will be something that goes with that and then some kind of fun dessert. So good luck with your Valentine's efforts. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.